This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Hello, everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio, and it is still September from last time I talked to you. And for those of you who aren't aware, um, September's a pretty special month for me. And the reason is um, a very, very good friend of mine was diagnosed with ovarian cancer in 2011. Um, she did have a strong family history of breast cancer, and uh, they went in to do a preventive procedure, preventive, what's called an oophorectomy, meaning taking your ovaries, because she was done having babies. Um, sadly, they found she already had stage three. So uh, she says in retrospect some of her symptoms that she had are symptoms of ovarian cancer, but we just kind of blow them off and think it's just part of being human. Um, and so I got involved with, because of her, I got involved with the Ovarian Cancer Research Alliance. And it is an amazing, amazing group that is private, has privately raised, a private organization that has raised over $110 million for not only research, but advocacy and education and everything else. And so I think it's super important that um, we're aware of this cancer. I know breast cancer gets a lot of play um, in October, and rightly so. It's a horrible disease. But also know that ovarian cancer is 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 awful. Um, and so there are symptoms, and they're subtle. But the big thing here is you need to make sure and follow up with your doctor. So the basic symptoms are bloating, pelvic and abdominal pain, uh, pain during sex when you haven't had it before, Difficulty eating or feeling full quickly, so eating less but feeling full earlier. Um, urinary symptoms, meaning having to go more often. Um, it's difficult to go. Changes in bowel and bladder habits, all those kinds of things. And if those symptoms occur for more than two weeks that are new to you, okay, you need to see uh, your healthcare provider and keep a journal of your symptoms, what makes it worse, what makes it better. If you have a family history of breast cancer or colon cancer, um, and your healthcare provider should be aware of that regardless because you could have a predisposed genetic genetic predisposition to developing breast cancer or possibly others. And it's not none of this is meant to scare anybody, but if you can be empowered and know how to detect things early and maybe even prevent it, um, that's even better. So if you have ovaries, if you had ovaries, or you know someone with ovaries, please make sure that they know what the symptoms are of or early symptoms are of ovarian cancer and please make sure they follow up and advocate for themselves so just the more empowered you are the better and what also empowers us is a really really good story um when it has laughter and love and and all of these things that we always deal with during our lifetimes and so today i have an amazing amazing author named melissa mcclone she is a usa best-selling author award-winning uh, she writes heartwarming women's fiction and sweet contemporary romance novels for chile publishing harlequin and cardinal press she has published more than 50 books option two screenplays sold more than three million books over 25 languages melissa graduate is a graduate from stanford university with a mechanical engineering degree but discovered she preferred writing happily ever afters to jet engine testing and analysis I bet the happily ever afters is probably far less dry, um, still necessary. But uh, when she's not writing relatable characters and sigh-worthy happy endings, she spends her time in the Pacific Northwest reading from her Kindles, ever growing to be restless, napping with her dogs and cats, decorating her happy planner. And she's married to her real-life hero, 
has three adult children and is learning how to be an empty nester. And her latest book, A Touch of Autumn, is out now. You can find Melissa at her website, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. All of those links are in the write-up of the show. And if you want to get on her newsletter, you should go over to her website right now and get signed up for that. So welcome to the show, Melissa. How are you today, my dear? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. I mean, just... it's we've been going back and forth trying to make sure we're all coordinated because you're in the Pacific and I'm in the Central, and so it's always, you know, the coordination uh, uh, time frame is always there. Yeah, it's crazy just, you know, now everybody's anywhere in the world. <laughs> yeah. My husband does a lot of work, and, you know, he has um, employees in Asia that work on his team and um, in Europe, and sometimes the times he's meeting, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you should be in bed. <laughs> I know. But it's yeah. the same with writers, um, right? On Clubhouse, you can go on Clubhouse anytime and talk to somebody in the world that's writing. Yep, that happens to be up and maybe having writer's block as well. So um, absolutely. Uh, I was lucky enough last week to talk to a couple of writers in the U.K., and, yeah, we had to coordinate the six hours because sometimes it's like, okay, wait, what time zone? And, and you know, <laughs> I have to go to the world clock um yeah planner online and say okay i'm here oh, I so do what does that, that mean? So, yeah i do that a lot i was like okay <laughs> is she in texas <laughs> yeah <laughs> right and even more so, and yeah. even more frustrating is the way that the system is set up the board so it keys off of eastern time so we're meeting you know midday for me, or, you know, late morning for you, but then when I put it in, it's an hour ahead of where I would be, like, so I have, oh, yeah, gosh. So. I'd be, I'd be lost, yeah, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I just, when I go somewhere, I have to be somewhere, and I know I'm like, okay, they're in the Midwest, so I put in where they live, and then I'm like, time in the Pacific, right. <laughs> I mean, right. Right. I, I'm pathetic, <laughs> no, no, but I we're here, of, so, and there's yeah. so many things, yeah, there's so many things to think about these days. It's just like, ah, uh, when am I just, just give me a, a text. Tell me when I'm supposed to be there. We'll do that. <laughs> so tell me, what was the catalyst from you going to, I mean, you go to Stanford, you get this mechanical engineering degree, which, by the way, is not an easy degree to learn. Um, and then you, you know, what was the catalyst to say, you know what, I think I'd rather do this other thing. So... Um, it actually goes back to my senior year of high school. Um, I grew up in Spokane, Washington, so I'm still living in Washington, okay. um, even though I've, I've been all over um, in between. But um, my we took the AP test in May, but in the West Coast, okay. like in the East Coast, I guess schools get out earlier. But in the West Coast, we don't okay. get out until mid-June. So we had almost a okay. whole month after taking the test. So we cover all the curriculum. So our teacher, Mrs. Cooper, who's awesome, and I'm, I haven't lost touch with her, um, which is great oh, after lovely. all these years, but she um, decided we would just study different things. And one of them was genre fiction. And somebody okay. brought in, so romance was one of them. We did Westerns and all those things. Somebody's sure. grandma or mom subscribed to Harlequin. And she brought in a, okay. you know, one of those old brown paper bags full of a bunch of Harlequins. We each got one. We were, our assignment was to read it and then to write a back cover copy of something we would write. Um, wow. And 
yeah. And so, the, you know, the boys in the class had to do it too. Um, and so you, right. you can imagine, you know, 17, 18 year olds doing this. Um, and these were the old Harlequins, you know, from like the heyday of romance in the eighties. And, right. um, Right. We, um, I mean, I had never read one. I'd read a lot of like, you know, the big thick um, Kathleen Woodowis, you know, um, sure. NMK, the Barb Pavilions, all those. That's what I had read. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is like candy. I'm addicted. And, um, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know how long I spent on that blurb. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, I yeah. was like, oh. My gosh, you know, my book that I read was set in the Canary Islands. And, oh, gosh, I was just like, I want to read more. And then I was like, I want to write one of these. And yeah. that had never, ever in my mind, like, come. But I was, like, that taken in with them um, with just what it was. And, yeah, I was 17 at the time. And, yeah. uh, you know, I can't even remember what wide blurb was or whatever but I had told like the whole class I'm going to write one of these and one of my friends she's like well we can write it together and we're like okay of course you know we're going to college sure. in different places in the country though you know yeah. there's no internet or anything but you know hey we're 17 right. 18, why not um so when I went off to Stanford I there was a Walden Books and I could ride my bike to Stanford Mall um for my dorm oh, wow. and go to Walden Books and I would buy, like, the category romances. And I found a little paperback mm -hmm. on how to write a romance. And this is when, you know, everybody's like, you got to write romances, you know, get rich or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of really, like I said, that heyday of them becoming popular. Yeah. And I, um, I started writing a romance then. And I think I got, you know, a few paragraphs. And then, as you said, engineering <laughs> got in the way. Sure. But they became my escape like from problem sets, from everything. Okay. And I would just every couple, you know, every week go see what was new out and buy them and come home. And, you know, when I had time, I'd read them. And then when I graduated and went to work, I kept doing that and had a weird schedule where I got off work at like 3.30. And it was in Tempe, okay. Arizona. And I started work in the summers. And it's really, really hot. Like you can't do sure. much. Um so I would just come home yeah. in the afternoon and I would, you know, kind of relax and I'd read. And then I started going for my MBA and part-time because my company was paying for it. And same thing, you know, sure. and it was summer again. And I'm like, oh, I'm not taking a class. I don't want to be going out in the heat. and all that. I, you know, I'm being a baby. And one day no, I, was I mean, reading one of these. <laughs> it is hot. <laughs> one day I was reading one. And I mean, it's that total cliche. And I hate saying this about our genre, you know, because I love romance. But it was like, I read this book. And I'm like, why did they publish this? I mean, I hate to say that. And I was like, I yeah. could do better. And of course, I you know knew nothing really. I'd kind of given up the writing thing, you know, because after so many years, it was always in the back of my mind. And I was like, you know, I I always wanted to write one. And I'm like, sure. you know, maybe I can't do better, but I could do as good as this, <laughs> you know. And right, right. You know, and it's like, you know, I think I could do this. And of course, I had no clue, and I couldn't do it. And um, you know, RWA, I uh, found the local chapter there through a friend, saw a pamphlet, there was a lot of synchronicities involved. But, you know, I mm -hmm. that's how I got doing it. And I loved it so much that when September rolled around, or was it August, I can't remember when that ASU started, I did not go back for my MBA. 
I oh, decided, okay. I, yeah, you know, because I was working full-time and going for my MBA part-time, but I just was like, okay, that writing bug at 17, that desire to write a romance had come back. And so instead, I started doing workshops and okay. reading craft books. And, you know, like I said, there wasn't the online stuff we have now. And my chapter, my art right. chapter then was The Desert Rose. And it was... Um, you know, just instrumental because that's, you know, we didn't have the resources now. And it took me a long time. I mean, you know, it kind of like if I was having a romance, my romance writing stopped, you know, and I was very young at the yeah, time that I sure. started this. Um, but yeah, and, you know, I ended up getting tired of the summers and moved to San Francisco where we have cold summers and right. um, kept writing and getting, you know, rejected. But I was like, I'm going to do this. And I kind of had a similar schedule where I, I went in early and got off got off early. And so I had one this, this huge walk-in closet in my apartment in the Marina District. And I set it up as an office. And I would just go in there. And that was my little create romance. And um, and I just, you know, I, I had a great job. I mean, I got to do flight testing. And I had travel benefits. And, you know, it was everything I wanted. I love thermodynamics so I'm totally geeky okay yeah. <laughs> um and that's yeah, what I got no. to do um you know for jet engines but there was just this love of romance and it just never went away and you know I'd get a rejection and okay let's start again and, yeah yeah um, yeah and then um finally I don't know what well I got married and my husband would see me, you know, really working hard. And I think at that point I'd had three books rejected. But, you know, they okay. weren't, I wasn't writing fast because I was working full time. I was dating, you know, I was traveling every chance I got to take advantage of my flight benefits. Um, sure. You know, but I, I was doing it, every, you know, as I could at lunchtime. Um, it was the old days of discus, and we had a Mac there. And it was like a group match. Yeah. And I remember I would, I would spend my lunch hours working on my romance. And I just remember this one guy, he came over and he's like, who's got the depths of love discussed? That was oh, wow. one of my working titles. And he's yelling it across, nice. you know, it was one of these wide open things in the turbine shop at the maintenance base at San Francisco International Airport. And yeah, like, why not? Yeah, be me. <laughs> Yeah, because and you own it. Shower, nobody cared, you know. And I was like, yeah, yeah they all knew <laughs> that that was, you know. And um, the first thing I published was actually in the Hemispheres online magazine for United. Okay. Um, okay. Um, but yeah, they had a contest for employees, and I got second place. But it got published, so hey, I'll take it. But um, yeah, hey, so you're right on. Just, yeah. Yeah. So I really, really want to write and. You know, I told my husband, and even when we were dating, he knew how much it meant to me. So he said, you know what, we have, we paid off our student loans, we have no car payments, we have no debt, we have nothing. He said, yeah, I want you to be able to write. And so he's like, I'm going to get a different job that'll pay more, because I made more at that time when we got married. And um, he said, I want you to quit your job and give it a shot. Because I don't want to wow. be five years down the road when we have kids and a house and all of this and we're both working these jobs and you're not happy because you want to write. 
And I was like, oh, my God, yeah. I married, like, a real-life hero. That's why I call him that, because he believes yeah. in me. Like, I'm like, honey, I've only gotten rejection. And he's like, yeah, but each time you get more feedback and you get better. And he doesn't right. that. You know. So, well, and that's um, a big thing. That, one book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, sorry, and that's a big thing that people need to take into account. No, you're good. It, it Keeps submitting. If you keep getting, like if you keep submitting and don't change anything, you know, you're not, you know, improving your craft. But if you keep getting rejections and then eventually you start getting actual like, okay, well, I see what you did here as opposed to just like a standard form. I mean, that's the big day when you, try, you move from the standard form to someone who actually wanted to give you writing tips. Um, it's like, oh, right. right, I'm going in the right direction. Um, and so how many of those rejections did you get before you contracted your first book? So, so I had been rejected three times. And okay. the first one okay. was like, like you said, it was like a form letter from some little assistant or whatever the lowest is, associate. I'm not sure. I don't remember the hierarchy. But in the bottom, sure. she had typed out a little note that said, hey, I actually think you can write, you know, but work on this. And she gave me something specific, and she said, and when you have that, you know, submit again. So I did that. I started a new book, and then that letter said, okay, you know what? I think you have something here, but this the tone isn't right. And she said, but I don't want you to rewrite this one. I want you to put this one aside and try something else. And um, But – and, you know, we can come back to this one later. So I kept submitting okay. to the same editor because I figured she gave me some feedback. Why not? Um, yeah. And then I wrote a third one. And I can't remember. It, it just I got more feedback on that one. And so I, I and in between these, you know, like I stopped. I'm like, okay, I'm giving up. I, you know, I admit I'd been a Golden Heart finalist and then I wasn't. And, you know, right. it's just the ups, downs, right, of a new writer. And um, always. So after the third one, that was when um, I got married. And then my husband said this. So so six months after we got married, um, actually a little less than that, because we got married in April, and my my last day of work was September 5th. Um, I resigned from my job, and I... uh, started writing full-time, and that book, so number four, Complete Manuscript, um, when I finished it and sent it in, I got a revise and resubmit. Oh, so wow. I, the revise and resubmit. Rev- yes. <laughs> That's what everybody wants, right? So I revised yeah. it, and it was a, it was significant revisions, I will be honest. Um, but I revised it and resubmitted, and then – she loved it, and she's like, I'm passing it on to the senior editor. And oh, I my gosh. Like, oh, my gosh. I did it. I did it. I did it. And then, like, one month went by, two months went by, three months went by, oh. four months went by, and they just started to get on. And then I hit a year, and I still hadn't heard anything. Now, I had kept writing. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, sure. so then I just, you know, was – at this point we had moved from the Bay area up to Oregon and bought our first house and everything. And, and I finally just said to my husband, I'm like, I just don't even know what to do. Like it's been over a year. I, I don't know, you know, like 
do I keep sending stuff to them? You know, what do I do? <laughs> and yeah. he's like, well, what do you want to do? And he's, I said, well, I said, you know, I think I want to write a screenplay. And he's like, okay. So mm-hmm. he, you know, instead of going to RWA, he sends me to a screenwriting conference in LA. And of course I'm pregnant with our first child at this time. So mind you. And he's like, sure, why not? Draft. Why not? Right? And so I start writing a screenplay yeah. and I'm like, okay, yeah, I, this is it. This is okay. I, I learned how to tell a story with the novels, but you know, I'm going to try screenwriting now. I love this. Da, 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 da. And fast forward to November, I was what, five months pregnant and then something like that. Four months pregnant, five months, whatever. I get a call and it's, been 17 or 18 months since they set my manuscript up but they want to buy it wow so yeah it was a huge process and at that point then I'm like oh well I guess you know having a baby I can't do everything so I went with the books and you know I don't look back I mean how many books have I written now but um yeah so it wasn't easy but you know it was just I loved my job as an engineer you know, I love engines. I love all, you know, planes taking off, watching them fly, and, you know, all that. But there was just something about putting a story together and getting the words on paper or on the screen that engineering was a great career or job for me. Yeah. But writing is a passion. So that's why. Yeah. I'm sorry. I gave you way too much of the story. But that's. No, no, no. I mean, I. Yeah, I, I think everyone, you know, it's amazing what people will you know, see. And, and it's funny because, you know, engineering is very one-sided of the brain, writing the other, and, you know, you kind of, you bridge that gap. I mean, um, and, and have those, and, and, you've, and you've had some characters that have been, you've had an architect and some, you've got, you know, guys that are super, or people who are super focused on um, business and such. And so you've brought this, um, layering and with your different characters. Um, so I yeah, and I have a whole tech billionaire series that kind of you know they're all tech guys, and so I you know I'm yeah. use that part. Yeah, but I kind of can think I'm more balanced brain. I use both sides. Um, yes, but I will say yes. my books. I so I I write them very differently than most people, and I think it's because of my engineering background, but. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a pantser. I do plot, but I don't always stick 100% to that plot. But I write the first act, and that however many chapters depends on how long the book is. But, and then I write the third mm-hmm. act, and then I write the middle. Hmm. And that way I know where it's going to be, so I know where I have to go. And I think that's the engineering brain at work. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I can see it. It's like story. building a yeah. bridge. Yeah, you're building a bridge, and you start building one side where it's going to be on on land, and you start building the other side, and then you meet in the middle, right? So that's yeah. you know yeah. you're building a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I so sometimes I do see that still in me, um, you know, with what I do, and you know, like I love spreadsheets and numbers <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> Book is this, and what number is uh, a cup of autumn? Which book is this? Like number wise overall? Oh gosh, I have no idea. Fifty like, something, I honestly, right? No, I, no, it's probably I'm 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 probably closer to seventy. Be over seventy books now. I don't know. Um, oh wow! I don't know when I last updated my website. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I um, I mean, I know people probably think, oh my gosh, she's 
silly or stupid, but it's just, I just write them. I don't, you know, the number doesn't matter. It's just what comes next and what's in the pipeline. You know, there's right two books right now in the pipeline that, you know, aren't out and there's another pre-order that's underway and another that's another gosh, three or four that are sitting on my hard drive, you know, that are done. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, right. so I just, I, how do you, yeah. So I, how do you, you know, you've got these different theories. Um, yeah. How do you basically story Bible it? I mean, is that like you're talking about spreadsheets and such? I mean, is that how you, you know, in book three, the hero who is also going to be mentioned in book five, um, we all know what he looks like in both books. Like he's consistent. Like how do you I, keep all I, that organized? So, yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I should, <laughs> uh, but I don't. I, um, okay. So I, so this series is Silver Falls. So when I wrote The, the right. Christmas Window, it was just an, a one-off, one-book contract for a Christmas book. And I created this little town, and I thought, you know, I, there could be a potential for a spinoff that's popular. Um, so I made the heroine have three brothers, and I said, you know, if I did this, what would I want the series to look like? And I thought, well, I really like the idea of women in business or, you know, small business owners. Mm-hmm. And so I created some businesses <laughs> with women. And um, luckily, Tuli, when you um, go to the copy editor, they put together a style sheet. And, right. um And I don't know that the style sheet actually has, like, eye color and stuff, but since, you know, I kind of describe everybody. I just would go back to the previous books <laughs> and search for the character okay. that it was. But I just, I keep a lot of stuff in my head, which probably isn't the best thing, but I knew these would be seasonal books. <laughs> I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I just, with my, uh, my writing schedule, I couldn't fit in anything sooner. So I had a Christmas book right. and then when they came back and like, yeah, Hey, we'd like another book. Like, Let's do the summer one. <laughs> and, so, and then they came back right. and said, let's do two more. Let's finish it off. And um, so, you know, fall and then the next one will be spring. And that one I'm doing nice. revisions on right now. But yeah, so, you know, I, I, I scribble down some notes and I have a calendar and I do keep, uh, I make, I'm a happy planner addict. I think I mentioned that in my bio. So when I do revisions, (laughs) I make a happy planner with the edited version that I get back. I print it out. And then I put any of my, like, calendars, any notes, anything that I've kept. I I am a paper and pen person. I kill a lot of trees, but it's just how my brain works. Um, (laughs) Into this notebook. So the good thing is, is like when I need to go look at something, I can pull out the happy ponder from the other one and have all my notes right there. Okay. So that helps. Yeah, but you do have a system. Yeah, yeah. And like for the one, let's see, the cupcake, like Berry Lake Cupcake Posse, that's a women's fiction. So it's more of a saga. They're not standalone. But um, I... It's, there's a lot of threads because I think I have like eight or nine points of views in those books. Mm. And so mm-hmm. I just keep a running list of what needs to come in the next book. And it's literally a list, you know, in a happy planner. And as it goes in the book, I cross it out. Um, and then wow, as I okay. write, something else goes on the list that needs to go in the next book. But I, 
I call it I percolate. I percolate these books a long, long time. So mm-hmm. I know what's going to happen. Um, sometimes it, they surprise me, I will say, in the, especially sure. in the cupcake book. I got some surprises. Um, but, you know, with the um, Silver Falls books, I knew exactly, you know, who was going to be with what, what the plots were going to be, how it was going to play out. Um, yeah. And, you know, I just write them. But it has been weird doing two series at once. And I will say a couple yeah. of times I got names mixed up because I try and finish one book before I start the other. But I might mm-hmm. be doing revisions or proofs or something. And so if another character is in my head, and they're both small towns in Washington, but they're very different series but, um, in different right. towns. But, um, you know, all of a sudden I'll see a name. I'm like, oh, this one doesn't belong here. Oh, <laughs> I'll see a city. I'm like, whoops, wrong series. <laughs> Yeah, and, um, you know, or, um, yeah, and I have um, an art team, and a couple of the women on are just, like, eagle eyes. They spot stuff that my whole editing team and I miss. I mean, I even listen to all my books be read back to me as a last step. But um, right. they still find something, and, you know, I think they found Barry Lake and something that wasn't, you know, might have been Silver Falls, and they're like, you know, I don't think these are connected. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they're really sweet about it. But, you know, that gives me a chance to fix it so that, you know, it's not readers finding it. Um, but, yeah. Right. So, I mean, I do yeah. get confused sometimes, but I, I really am trying um, to keep everything separate. Well, and it's like a lot of things. It's, it's sometimes there's going to be fold over and you just go back and wait a minute, that doesn't work. So, I mean, I, yeah. it's juggling all these imaginary places in our head um, can be, you know, a little bit um, chaotic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, in the worst places, they seem so real. Like, yeah. you know, to me, they're like, oh, I, I just want to go visit and have lunch there. Right now. <laughs> Where know. are those people? We're going to meet me today for coffee. <laughs> I know, it's so fun. So tell me about yeah, Cup of Autumn. So A Cup of Autumn um, is features a professor as a hero. And I know some people don't like that, but I just thought it was its a different kind of profession. It's a really hard profession right now to be in with tenure, and I, I didn't really actually understand that until I started doing research and talking to people. But yeah. I just, when I set up the heroine, I wanted her to have three <clears throat> overachieving brothers. And so she has a surgeon, a lawyer, and I just thought a professor kind of fit into the bunch, but in a different way. And, okay. you know, somehow I needed to get him to need to be in Silver Falls for a little while. And um, Lane is a coffee shop owner, and she okay. isn't like, you know, my traditional goody two-shoes heroine. I mean, she's not bad, but, you know, she's got tattoos and stuff. And I just, she's, she's her own woman. And she yeah. moved to this little town to start her own coffee shop because she couldn't do it in Seattle because of the cost. So, you know, I, yeah. I just really like her that she's, um, she's a go-getter. And they're, like I said, they're very opposite, though, and how they can overcome their opposites. Um, 
my husband and I are very opposite. I'm super introverted. You know, I'm like, do we even have to go to the party? <laughs> you know, and he's the first one, the last one <laughs> to leave. And, right. um, you know, it's like, I got invited. That's enough. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's just, you know, we go anywhere. And if they call for a, you know, volunteer from the audience, you know, even if he doesn't raise his hand, they pick him. <laughs> you know, they just know. You know, he, he loves to be, you know, just out there. And so, you know, I, I just, that's why I love that trope because, you know, I'm married to it. And so yeah. I just really wanted to dive into that. And without them all, I was trying to figure out, um, you know, what would be a good event. Each of the books kind of have an event that happens in them that's seasonal. And our little small town has this thing called the Boobash. So I, you know, even used the name, blatantly <laughs> ripped it off and put it into Silver Bowl. Because I live in a little small town in Washington. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, and, and those kind of things, especially when you have festivals, they're just so visual. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter yeah. where you are. You can picture this, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so the one thing is, so Rain, it, I made it a coffee tea shop. Um, the place is called um, Tea Leaves and Coffee Beans because I don't drink coffee. Okay. And my husband is okay. a coffee addict. But I had a lot of fun um, I made kind of um, the Harrow Keaton very not a kind of change person. Like he always ordered like an Americano every time. But now he's right. with pumpkin spice drinks. And so I had a lot of fun like searching out different pumpkin spice drinks that she could serve and make and learning how to do latte art, even though I don't drink coffee. And um, yeah. I even created a recipe card. And I, you know, and then I made it and had to have my husband taste test it for me because I don't drink this stuff. Nice. But, you know, so, it, yeah, but it was just so fun. And I don't know about you, but there's just something about autumn. It's just cozy and the smells and the colors. It's just, I don't know, It's it just is romantic to me. And so, you know, I tried to yeah. infuse a cup of autumn with that. Right. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm smiling about your version of autumn because I'm in San Antonio. So our version of autumn is we hope that it's less than 85 degrees uh, for football, the football <laughs> game on Friday. Um, you know, uh, but it does start to get chilly, I, you know, after October, which sounds insane, because October could be a real hit or miss here. We could have it. It could be 90 or it could be 60 or it could be 50. We don't know. So I mean, it's like, what costume do we pick? Because. We don't know right. if it's sweltering or what. Um, but I know what you mean because, you know, go to the different places around here and the smells and the scents and the different things that start to arise. Um, and one of the things uh, also we love here in the fall is mums, like the mums, oh, uh, you know, yeah. the really beautiful. The golden mums, yeah. 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 The, the, the yeah. really beautiful, I, the one of my favorites called, called, called salsa, and it's like this really rich burgundy purple almost. Mom, Ooh, um, that's very pretty. Small. Yes. Well, but the other part of it is if you look it up and anybody out there, you'll be like, Texas is just something's very wrong. Um, but there's, uh, for football season, they'll have moms and people will make these ginormous, ginormous moms for girls to wear. Um, really? Literally to the point of like having to have, oh, it, it's, it's insane. I'm like, it's beyond <laughs> normal. 
um, because they'll have ribbons and teddy bears. And I mean, it's just like literally like they're wearing it like armor. Um, and so, of course, those are the <laughs> huge moms. Funny. But I mean, I'm not kidding. It's insane. Uh, you go just look at Texas Homecoming Moms. And it's, you will spend a whole day going, what is this? Um, <laughs> that's but, funny. <laughs> so that's our fall. But, yes, I know what you mean, though, because the, yeah. the, the coziness starts to kick in. You know, it gets darker sooner. Um, and so, so that wants to hibernate and, and be yeah. inside. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I mean, yeah, and I'm it's, writing it's about a Pacific Northwest fall. You know, so, yeah. um, and that could be, you know, anything from warmer temperatures to rain. That was the whole thing with our Halloween. Is it going to rain? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, right. You know. Yeah. Um, but, yes. yeah. When so, we, yeah. When we, when we lived in St. Louis, it was, it was chilly for Halloween for sure. Cause, um, but it, it never rained. So, but it would be chilly. Uh, so we would get a few kids in our neighborhood to come to the door and always be ready. But it was really sweet because they'd have their cute little costumes on and a jacket. <laughs> yeah. And we'll never yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> here, it, rain doesn't stop them. Like, because, I mean, rain no. is a normal thing here. So it just, you know, it we get just as many whether it's dry or wet. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I tried to yeah. capture that. I mean, because, you know, here – you know, the pumpkin uh, patches, you know, where they're actually growing them. Yeah. And you go pick and the corn mazes. And, you know, it's just that whole feeling of, you know, autumn in the Northwest, you know, which I realize not right. the whole country has. But, you know, I tried to capture that in the story. And also, I really like the idea of, you know, just creating your own family um, and finding where yeah. you belong. And, you know, rain. um her parents died, and so she's found her place in this little town with some friends, and that you know that's what I love exploring in this series, and also how um, the Andrews, which there's one sibling in each book that finds romance, how they can change when they see their little sister thriving in this little town and not in Beverly Hills where they grew up, um, right? And, and you know that you're not just stuck with where you were, even though yeah. she doesn't think they can change, but you know how love has a way of, you know, that, that cliche, but love conquers all. Man, it just, it can send you real sideways. You know, you think you've got your life figured out and it just, it's like, what, what happened? Just now? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's well, not yeah, where I thought it yeah. would go. No. And you know, it's, for yeah. me, I mentioned, you know, I had a plan before I met my husband. So my plan was mm-hmm. I was going to work until I was 30 or 31. And then I was going to quit and I was going to move home with my parents and I was going to try writing because I kind of knew yeah. with my job, I was on call 24 hours because if there was an engine problem anywhere in the world, you know, they, you know, and I was yeah. on, they called. Um, and I'd had to say, yeah, you can go or no, you're grounded. <laughs> so, um, wow. I, you know, I was like, um, you know, it wasn't that often, but it was often enough. And I just like working, I couldn't like just throw myself into the writing. And, um, mm-hmm. and so I thought, you know, I really want this and I'm willing to quit and, you know, and give it a shot for so many years. I've been saving my money and, you know, yeah. luckily I didn't have to, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to go with my parents, you know, again. Sure. Yeah. Do it to, to get what I wanted in the long term. Um, and I think that's what my, you know, my fiance and then husband had seen that, you know, I was willing to make, 
to do that. And right. that's why he was like, you need to just do it and I'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. And we did. So tell me what two books of yours have been optioned in a screenplay. I can't. I'm sorry. I signed an NDA. I'm not allowed to talk about it. Oh, so it's recent. Um, I can't can't talk about anything, and I can't tell you time frames or anything. So That's okay. Not a worry. We'll just say in the last 10 years. I think 10 years is a good wide window. Let's do it. That's good. Yeah, I could even say in the last five years. I'll give you that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Woohoo. So, and that's but I mean, these because, are these are screen, um, these are screenplays I wrote. Mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So yeah. So I I will keep watching and I will update everybody when you are um, one of those. Yeah, are, but option, you know, in production that we're going. Mean, yeah, but yeah, but option doesn't mean production. Like sure, it's a long sure. way from signing the option to getting produced. So absolutely, I'm just happy yeah. that and I it, got it's that It's a weird far. process. It is yeah. a very weird process, and I'm still figuring it out, but, yeah. But, yeah, but, I mean, two more screenplays than people who never tried it. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and as soon as I get, um, as soon as I get the revisions off um, for the spring book for Silver Falls, I'm going to start mm-hmm. making time now for revising another script that I wrote to see what I can do with that nice. one. Nice. Yeah, so I love it's fun. it. You know, it's just such all this, all these different, and it just boils down to loving to tell a good story. Like you're just yeah. telling it in different venues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's funny though because the stories, um, you know, if they're based on books, they're never the same as the books. And it always used to upset me. Like, why is not the same as the book? And then when I started writing screenplays, I'm like, oh, I get why it's not the same as the book because it's just a different yeah. medium. And you can't, you know, they can't see inside a character's head. They have, you know, you have to show every single thing. And some things just don't translate well. Right. Onto the Which I actually love now about, uh, I love about the limited series. Like, you know, they've done Bridgerton and all these different books um, that they, you know, um, what is it? Um, Oh, uh, Virgin River and all that. I mean, they, they've been able yeah. to really kind of pull the book apart and put it on screen because, you know, you can't, you don't want to do it in two hours and then you, it's really too long. So I love that they've been able to basically take these books apart and spread it out over these, you know, 10 or 12 episodes they do. And I think yeah, that really yeah. helps. Yeah. Yeah. I'm know, looking forward to season the, the three. Characters. Yeah. Season three of Sweet Magnolias. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't wait for that one. To oh, come out. Oh yes, always sweet. But I yeah, love the that. limited series well, so- are awesome, and I, and I think season three of Bridgerton. Um, I can't I can't wait to see what happens with that one too. Oh my gosh! You know the end of season two. I was like, what? This is what I know. It's like, how do you know? How yeah. do you come back from that? Like, oh, Colin, <laughs> I have my theories. I have my theories. We'll see if they're true, but I'm not saying anything yeah. yet. So. Um, no, but, no, I know. We'll, have to get back I, well I mean, I've done this. <laughs> yeah, I've done the same thing with my heroes. They kind of do that jerk moment, and you're like, oh, they're never yeah. going to recover. But they always do because they're heroes, right? Yeah. Right. They just so have to find I'm going to be curious. Somewhere. To see. Yeah. Yeah. But no, we should talk about because <laughs> I really I enjoyed Bridgerton so much. Um, mm-hmm. How they did the adaptation. So it's good. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Melissa. I really, really appreciate you. 
Well, thank you for having me. And sorry to just keep talking. I'm usually just talking no. to my, you know, animals. <laughs> so, <laughs> like I, another human voice. It's like, oh my gosh, I yeah. can't speak words. <laughs> and yeah. they talk back. They're talking back. Yes, they're talking back. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I get it. I do. I get it. My dog's been staring at me for the past 40 minutes going, and this is going somewhere? What? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, take care, and, and thank you is. so much for having me. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. Everybody, I've been talking to Melissa McClone. She is a USA best-selling award-winning author. She's got tons of books out there for you to snuggle in and start reading during this wonderful fall. And she's got a cup of autumn out now, so you can start with that. Um, and then just get ready because she's got a lot of books that you need to download to your Kindle or just you know go on Amazon Start or wherever you go and just start buying them. And you can get uh, in touch with Melissa on her website, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. All those links are in the write-ups of the show. So everybody, go out there, get your books, and keep on reading. Thanks again, and take care. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions www.cosproductions.com Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle.